Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, Colin and Brian. What's crabbing? How's it going? You ready for football to get started? Fuck yeah. Yeah, I've been waiting almost a year. Mm-hmm. Well, we... we enthusiastic about it. Well, I mean, it's been almost a year because... You know, after about the third or fourth game of last season, that's when I knew it was over, so I was waiting for next year at that point. That's why it's close to a year. Your enthusiasm is infectious, Brian. <clears throat> well, <laughs> someone's got to keep everybody, you know, on even keel here. Are you, are you expecting big things out of West Virginia? No, not necessarily. But then again, I'm not expecting too much from Mizzou, so I feel like I can't lose at this point. Yeah. Well, got a couple of uh, interesting fellas on from West Virginia to talk a little bit about the Mountaineers, since I'm taking it that neither one of you know jack shit about these guys. You are correct. That's a fair point. So, are you excited to hear uh, what some people who actually have football expertise have to say? I have a throbbing erection just thinking about it. Let's get him on, uh, on Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, I appreciate you letting your lover pull you away for a few moments to do this. Yeah, she's uh, she's excited to you know watch from afar. She's excited you've climbed off of her for just a few minutes. To, you know, well needed break, I'm sure. Well, you know, can't get into that too much, but uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we got a na- guy named Michael Miller from the uh, SmokingMusket.com, which is apparently their uh, SB Nation site. Oh, I thought the Smoking Musket was a gay bar. I thought it was a porn site, so that's that's better than what I thought. You guys could both be right. It can be two things. (laughs) And then uh, I got a guy named Alan Taylor who is uh, with the West Virginia Metro News, who's also a columnist for college football. Wow, you found found two people that know something about Mountaineers football, Brennan. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. It was easier than Vanderbilt. Why did they agree to come on this show? Did they not listen to this before? I, I had to do a lot of lying about this show. And then uh, maybe as exciting as both of those are, uh, of course, as you both know, West Virginia is famous for burning couches. So we, we got ourselves a real-life furniture expert to discuss the ins and outs of uh, furniture arson. Wow, where'd you find that guy? Caleb Bungart. He's a he's he's an out-and-out furniture professional, so that's pretty exciting. We You're not going to get Yeah. Our guests are improving dramatically compared to the last season. <laughs> you're, you're not going to get that kind of expertise from other sports shows, furniture no, professionals. Certainly, certainly not. No. Yeah. When's the last time you saw a couch-burning uh, article on Power Mizzou? <laughs> Never is the answer to that. Or the post dispatch for that matter. I mean, even the yeah. big guys aren't covering this stuff. That's right. Yeah. Well, let's get right to it instead of uh, besmirching our peers and uh, <laughs> hear what they have to say. Calling them peers is besmirching them enough. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. All right, fellas, let's do this and hear what they have to say. Great. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Going to throw it. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. And there he goes. How about number six? 
don't get no better than that, man. Who's back in the game? Shane Ray. And look at what he just did. Touchdown, Missouri. This is the Mazzotcast. Joining us now, Michael Miller from SmokingMusket.com, West Virginia football page, here to talk to us a little bit about the Mountaineers football program and what we can expect to see on Saturday. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Brendan. We have a lot of questions about West Virginia since we never see you guys. A lot of it has to do with the what little we do know based on how things went last season. I know that you know you had a sort of an up and down record you know you had a stretch of four straight losses to ranked opponents but then you had some big lopsided wins as well so i guess the question we have is is how good or bad is this west virginia team and how different is it than last year um well to best answer that question you you need to know that we lived and died by our quarterback last year we've kind of dubbed skylar howard as having multiple personalities um there's there's good skylar and then there's bad skylar and bad skylar can be really bad there were games last season where Skyler looked like a star. He was really good in the Cactus Bowl. Um, he threw four touchdowns against Maryland. And then there were the times where he was just, he, he probably needed to be benched, honestly. Uh, against Oklahoma, he had one touchdown to three interceptions. And in that stupid season-ending loss against Kansas State, he went something like 19 for 42 passing. It was just bad. Coming into this season, reportedly he's had kind of a Clint Trickett improvement where Trickett went from his junior season, he was decent. Um, he had a really good senior season. So supposedly Skyler's had that kind of improvement since the spring. So we'll find out about that, uh, I guess, Saturday. Going to the other side of the of the ball, we're concerned a lot about your defense just based on how bad our offense was last year and we know that you guys have had a lot of turnover on defense and I was just wondering what expectations were given all the new faces coming into that West Virginia defensive unit do you think that uh, they'll still be able to take advantage of what is at least a very young and inexperienced Tiger offense you all might be in luck <laughs> we lost pretty much all of our linebackers and secondary to the graduation and NFL draft um, and then of course this summer we lost Drayvon Askew Henry, who was a, uh, one of our starters, and Brendan Ferns, who was a highly rated recruit, they both blew their knees out for practice. Um, they're out for the season. Uh, defensive tw- uh, coordinator Tony Gibson says the defense will be fine. Uh, he's done a pretty good job filling the holes in secondary. Kevin White's older brother, Kaiser, he was just named a starter, and from everything we've heard, he's the most talented White brother. <laughs> we'll find out about that. Um, which is saying a lot because Kevin was really good. Our linebackers, huge question mark there. And that might be where Missouri can can get some points on the board. Um, if you have a decent run game, you might be able to take advantage of not having good linebackers. Right. Uh, Xavier Preston, it was just announced. Well, it was announced in the spring, but it broke again yesterday for some reason. He's suspended for the first game, and he's probably one of our better linebackers. So we're going to be starting a lot of new faces on the line there. 
Yeah, the the question we have is especially with the defensive line. It sounds like that's where you got most of your returning talent because our offensive line was one of the worst in college football last year. A lot of changes this year, but we just don't have any. We got a lot of questions as to whether they're better, and if so, by how much. So if you guys can dominate on the line, you know it might help the rest of those young guys back in the secondary and the linebacking core uh, because just Drew Locke, our young quarterback, didn't have much time to work. And if that plays out the same this year, then we got more problems on the offense. Right, and I will say watch out for – I'm probably going to butcher, butcher the name uh, – Noble Wachupu. Sure, he yeah. He is a silent assassin. Um, <laughs> kind of a Bruce Irvin type guy. But with Bruce Irvin, you knew where he was coming from. You knew every time he was coming for your quarterback. Noble just sneaks. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Up on you. Uh, he lives in the backfield. It's amazing. He finished the season last season with eight and a half sacks, I think. He, he's probably our best defensive lineman, so watch out for him. If Missouri has any shot at stealing this game in Morgantown, where do you think they? I mean, obviously you mentioned the young secondary and the and the linebackers. What what do you think Missouri has to do to win? And what do you think that uh, West Virginia's offense, which has been also questionable, what what do you think their strengths are? Where they can pull Missouri apart? If Missouri wants a chance at winning, like I said, probably a run game. Like I said, our secondary supposedly is confident, or you know, pretty competent. But like I said, the linebackers will be a big weakness. So you might be able to to make hay there. On our end, we're going to throw everything we can at the Missouri defense. Uh, Holgerson has this reputation since he came in of being an air raid guy. But since he got here, he's kind of evolved a little, and he actually likes to use a run game now. Um, And that actually bailed us out last year against Texas. Texas shut down our passing game, and Wendell Smallwood just went off. So we were able to get out of there with a win. We've probably got our strongest group of wide receivers since Tavon Austin and Stedman Bailey were here uh, a few years ago. So if Skylar Howard, if good Skylar shows up and he's on the same page as his receiver, we're going to try to throw it all over the place. If your defense can shut down the passing game, we're going to try to lean on the run game. We don't have Smallwood, of course. We do have Russell Shell returning. He's kind of 
been hit or miss. Coming out of high school, he was a highly rated, went to Pitt, then transferred here, and he hasn't really impressed everybody like everybody thought. But uh, he is back for his senior season, and we have junior college All-American Justin Crawford coming in this year. Um, and he was lights out in junior college, so we'll see if that transitions to uh, our level. This is probably the most important topic to our listeners who have not seen West Virginia much. Uh, let's talk couch burning. Uh, All right. So what is going on? What is the deal with the couch fires? How did that get started, and what is that all about? Um, as far as I can tell, and stories, you, you never know what the actual story is. As far as I can tell, back in 1975, West Virginia's kicker Bill McKenzie kicked a last-second field goal to beat Pitt, um, and students went crazy. Downtown campus just, I guess, it was bonfires everywhere. And I don't know if there was an overabundance of couches in Morgantown at the time, but (laughs) (laughs) I guess someone had one sitting on their porch, and some students grabbed it and threw it in the fire, and it's kind of just became our thing since then. It's got to the point now that Morgantown City Council has actually banned any outdoor upholstered furniture Mm -hmm. um, in the entire town, and it is a felony uh, if you're caught burning a couch. Wow, it's amazing that that, that was needed. But, you know, sometimes you got to get rid of that old-growth couch to make room for a new, young couch development. That's, that's right. Yeah. Some of those house parties in Morgantown, it's really hard to tell what's on some of those couches. <laughs> Whether they've been set on fire or not, they look the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, before I let you go, I've been asking everybody this. What is your prediction for Saturday? How do you think things are going to turn out? Give me a score. Oh, um... I keep going back and forth on this because I, I want to think our offense is powerful, but they had to have a tendency to start the season a little flat. And in the last scrimmage of training camp, the offense just the first team offense just stunk the place up. Um, they were just flat out bad. So I'm going to say Missouri gives us a little scare early. And they go up 10, 14 points maybe. Tony Gibson makes some adjustments to the defense, and Skylar Howard finally starts hitting his receivers. They get on the same page. I'll say final score, West Virginia 24, Missouri 17. All right. Yeah, I mean, Missouri fans probably would make similar predictions, I would say, maybe not the specifics of how West Virginia will do, but I think uh, fans are hoping for a close game. It's really a bellwether game for both teams, I think, to see just how much improvement there has been. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, Michael. I appreciate it and, and letting us know a little bit about what goes on in Morgantown and what we can expect on Saturday. Hey, thanks for having me on. Hush, you my baby. Slumber time is coming soon. Rest your head on mammy's breast while daddy hums a tune. All the old folks were humming, banjos were strumming, and the soft breezes sighed. As in days long gone by Way down in Missouri Where I heard this melody When I was a little fellow On my mammy's knee Joining us now is special correspondent Caleb Bungart Who has a special expertise, I guess, in... uh, furniture and couches which is important during this west virginia game thanks for joining us caleb well thanks for having me i appreciate it caleb the the reason i guess i should tell the listeners that you are such an expert on this is that you are a furniture professional is that not right yeah yeah i'm gm of a furniture store i guess yeah (laughs) okay 
So and and also an arson. So you 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 know. Yeah, it. I, I, you know, what's funny is all these people old stuff that we get, we throw in a pile and burn the shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's where it goes. That's how it's done professionally, yeah. then. Yeah, professionally, yeah. Hmm. Probably the, the EPA and people like that probably. Uh, don't agree with that, but yeah, that's how we do get rid of it. <laughs> so the question I have for you, and I think what the fans want to know is, if you were to burn a sofa, as the West Virginia fans are apt to do, what's the best way to go about that and then to uh, to extinguish it once the authorities arrive? How would you go about uh, igniting a sofa on fire? Well, there's several different ways you can go about doing this, and, and it, it relies on what kind of couch it is and when it was made, because Prior to like 1995, you know, all these couches, you could just take a match to them and they would blow up like, you know, white rain on a cotton ball. But after that, the government decided they would use fire retardant fabric and foam. So then you really have to get into the gasoline Mm -hmm. to get the couch to burn. Is that right? So, yeah, you got a a couple different ways you got to go about doing that. So lighter fluid probably works the best. Soak it in, let it set there, saturate like you do your charcoal grill. Mm-hmm. Let it set for a while, then then you go ahead and you know make a trail, light it, you know step away from it. You don't want to be close to it when that thing goes up. The couch, the couch will go up in a ball of fury. And uh, to, to put it out, you know there's a there's no water, tried and true water hose. But really, you should it should burn down to nothing. It's made of wood and fabric, so you shouldn't have much leftovers when you get done with. But, but let's say the uh, the police arrive and you need to put that thing out in a hurry. Uh, what, where would you go? To, what would you do? Uh, you, you know, whatever's in your hand, a beer, cocktail, you know, get everybody to throw something like that on there. Yeah, there's no covering it with a blanket and having it go out because once a cap starts on fire, it's an inferno. So you're, you're going to have to go with lots of water on this one or, or lick, some kind of liquid. Not pure grain alcohol or anything like that, but, uh, you know, some kind of liquid to get that thing out. You mentioned to me off air that this is uh, something that you're very familiar with personally. Do you, you have a, a personal tale with uh, with sofa fires. Is that right? Oh, oh yeah. Except uh, the friends and I uh, got a uh, love seat, actually. It wasn't a full-size sofa. A love seat from a neighbor's house there in Columbia one year after a, a Mizzou win and took it down to to the Missouri River and decided to light that thing on fire. We uh, we took charcoal lighter fluid, squirted it all down, set it by the river and lit it, and you could probably see it from 10 miles away. Sounds glorious. Uh, yeah, it was beautiful. And the best thing is we went around the corner because we heard people and thought we were going to be in trouble. There was a bunch of other dudes burning furniture down there drunk. So apparently <laughs> that's the place to go. McBain. It's nice to know West Virginia doesn't hold the patent on furniture burning. We can do it just as no, well. No, no, anybody can burn it. You know, they're, they, you know, they, they don't, they don't hold it all. Everybody can go out and burn something if you feel like it. You just probably shouldn't burn it on your front porch like they do. That's good advice, Caleb. Thanks for joining us. And Caleb can be, if you want to hear more of his deep, deep insight, he's a a contributing editor to MizOddcast.com blog. So look out for Caleb's insight and articles as the season progresses. Brendan, thank you very much for having me. All right, get back to selling that furniture and not setting it on fire. <laughs> I will do, thank you. All right, there you have it. Caleb Bungart, professional sofa salesman and arsonist.
So joining us now, Alan Taylor, columnist for the West Virginia Metro News. Thanks for joining us. You bet, man. I mentioned off air that we don't know a ton about West Virginia and the Mountaineers. So I guess the question I have, looking at the record from the Mountaineers last year, 8-5, and five, but a lot of up and down blowout scores both directions. Is this West Virginia team good or bad or somewhere in between? What do we have to make of this uh, this 2016 Mountaineer squad? Yeah, it's been like the most ambiguous preseason that I can remember uh, because people aren't overtly excited about what they can do, and neither are they, uh, you know, uh, fretting that it's going to be another four and eight like three years ago. So, you know, the predictions I'm seeing and that I'm hearing from people is anywhere from six to nine wins, depending on, you know, what they do. Uh, this, the offense should be better, but that's just assuming that people will get better. The defense has got to replace almost everybody, and then they lost their best return on top of that, so there's this fear that it might have to be a shoe die every week. Uh, so everyone just really doesn't know what the vibe is right now. And you throw in the fact that Dana Holgerson is two years away from the expiration date on his contract and extension talks were cut off during the spring after he and A.B. Shane Lyons didn't see eye-to-eye on an extension. So maybe he's on the hot seat. And does it take six, seven, eight, nine wins to, to keep him? So... Your question is very good, and, and even the people close to the program really don't know what identity to expect out of this, out of this team yet. You know, there's a lot of similarities with the Tiger squad because expectations are all over the board. But the one area that you mentioned that I'm most concerned with as far as the Tigers are concerned, is the defense. You mentioned that they have to replace a lot of players, but it does appear that you've got some returning guys on the defensive line, and the reason that stuck out to me is that the Missouri offensive line is the biggest question mark we have. Who's coming back on the line, and is is that really the sort of only spot where you've got a little seniority and, and some playing experience? Yeah, a couple of defensive ends uh, that seem, you know, pretty solid. One's more of a pass rush guy. That's Noble Wachukwu, who I think had eight and a half sacks last year, one of the top returning sackers in the Big 12. The other defensive end is more like a, a defensive tackle-sized guy, uh, Christian Brown, but he's played a lot as well, even has played some nose earlier in his career. Uh, and and the, the nose guard coming back played a lot as a, as a second teamer last year, and that's Darian Howard. So, you know, that seems to be one of the matchups where West Virginia should be able to hold its own. Uh, we're typically, you know, against Power 5 opponents. The, the West Virginia defensive line hasn't been a strong point. That's one of the reasons they run this 3-3-5 is they have trouble getting the big war daddy defensive lineman that you know, a lot of programs have trouble getting. I wonder on the other side of the ball, on the offense, it looks like West Virginia did pass quite a bit last year, even though they weren't particularly efficient at it. But uh, it's a different offense this year, and I guess your head coach is kind of famous for mixing things up. So what what do you expect on offense? Will it look a lot like last year? I mean, I know it wasn't the strong suit, so what kind of changes in that offense do you expect to see? Yeah, people kept wondering last year what happened to the air raid because they really did become more reliant on the ground game. And Hogerson is quick to remind people that he's never embraced that term air raid to begin with. You know, he's not Hal Mummy, he's not Mike Leach, even though he's, he's mentored under both of them. So, um, you know, he, he'll do whatever it takes on a given day to, to win the ball game. That's one of the things that some offensive coaches won't do. They're sort of beholden to their system. I do expect them to be better in the past game this year. They were very inefficient, as you mentioned last year. 
Skylar Howard put up decent numbers from a volume standpoint, but he also had more more interceptions than any start in the Big 12, save one, and his interception to actual attempts uh, ratio was among about last among the starters in the Big 12. So they're working on his footwork, trying to get him more efficient on the, uh, the shorter passes. Uh, and to his defense, he also had a ton of passes dropped by young receivers last year. So, um, you know, the assumption is that the hands will be a little more a little bit more reliable this year. The routes will be a little more crisper and that they'll still have that deep threat to mix in with the running game, which still is pretty good, even though they lost uh, Big 12 rushing champion Wendell Smallwood to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles a year early. Yeah, we're happy to see he's on the Eagles and not on the Mountaineers this season. <laughs> Talk about, about the Big 12 a little bit. As former members of the Big 12, I guess we do have a kind of morbid curiosity how our old conference is doing. How's that changed things for West Virginia? Has it been an overall positive, negative? What are your feelings and what are the fans' feelings about being a part of the Big 12 conference now? Well, you get the occasional grumble because every road trip is essentially what you'd spend on a bowl game. You know, there are no drivable trips. There are no easy trips uh, unless you're going somewhere like TCU where you got a direct flight into, into DFW. So you, you hear the fact that it's not geographically convenient brought up a lot. But at the same time, you know, this program had no option when the Big East was crumbling. Um, they couldn't wait on the ACC. They'd already been turned down by the ACC. They'd already gotten sort of a, a, a firm no from the SEC. So when the, the Big 12 option came available, it, it was it was a no-brainer. You had to go and just deal with the travel consequences, which really are more of an impact for basketball and the Olympic sports than it is for football. I mean, these guys are on a plane for an extra hour on Friday. That's really the only way that it impacts the football team uh, uh-huh. once a week. And it's been a pretty entertaining conference, you know. I mean, obviously everybody wants to talk about expansion now and where it goes from here. And I'm, I'm of the mindset that they need to get to 12 teams uh, sooner rather than later so that will I guess ultimately decide how solid and stable this whole league is you know two or three years down the road sure and we feel your pain now having to make uh, semi-annual trips to Gainesville Florida from uh, the middle of the country Um, we know all about those long travel times anyway moving back to this football game I was going to ask you just uh, and wrap up what are your predictions against this Missouri squad? I mean, obviously, it's going to be a bellwether game for both programs, uh, both programs with a lot of question marks. How do you think it's going to turn out, and what are your expectations? Well, I think West Virginia needs it worse than Missouri does because Missouri almost a double-digit dog on the road, um, got a new coach who's you know going to have the benefit of time to get things built there. Um, I feel like if, if Dana Holgerson loses this game at home, that uh, the season really looking like it's in peril because they got a neutral side game against BYU in a couple weeks as well before the Big 12 starts. So, you know, that said, I think the, the experience on offense is going to help West Virginia pull it out. I, you know, I'm not thinking that it's by any means a blowout, but, uh, but I feel like West Virginia, you know, wins this thing by a touchdown or so. Although, you know, it, I'm really interested to see whether the offensive strides come to fruition against Missouri because I, I know you guys have some really good athletes on that side of the ball. And uh, we'll see if Missouri can ugly the game up a little bit and, and, and keep it close enough to, uh, to maybe pull it out, you know. Ugly wins have been our specialty. So, yeah, if, if it happens, that's the way it's going to work. <laughs> I tell you, man, I kept I kept looking at your second-half scores for the last part of last season, and I was just, every week, I was like, 
Man, is this 1972? It was uh, <laughs> it was some throwback football, man. Yeah, the SEC should have been proud of us with those uh, you know baseball <laughs> scores we were putting up last year. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, hopefully we we actually score a few touchdowns this year. We were really uh, deficient in that area last year. If we manage to do that in West Virginia, it'll be a big change of trend, and it'll it'll spell good things for the Tigers. But Alan Taylor, West Virginia Metro News, thank you so much for joining us and giving us a little insight into the Mountaineers this year. Hey, my pleasure, man. Safe trip over. Thanks a lot. Now back to the Chloe Kardashian of podcasts, the Mazzotcast. Well, there you have it, guys. In-depth knowledge. Yeah, very in-depth. He kept, that one guy kept saying names I, like I was supposed to know who these people were. Mm-hmm. Of course I didn't. I just nodded. You couldn't yeah. see it, but I was just nodding my head as if I knew what was going on. Yeah, they can't expect us to do any real work like prep before these shows. Mm-hmm. I, at least I hope not. Brian, what's your real jobs? <laughs> Brian, what's your uh, what's your prediction for this weekend's game? Oh, I think Missouri's going to come out on top. West Virginia's not been good last year. Missouri was not great last year either. But you know, you've got the competition Missouri faces year in year out a little bit better than West Virginia. So I'll I'll take the I'll take the home team for a victory. The home team is West Virginia. Incorrect. Oh, that's my bad. Uh, I'll take the the home team as in Mizzou is where I was going with that, but said that very poorly. Yeah, you sure did. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm on the radio though, not on ESPN. Uh huh. Yeah, that's true. Not even on the radio. You're on the podcast. That's true. We don't even have a radio show. So yeah, that's where you come for your news. You've got a problem. That's um. <laughs> that's what, that just shows me how much we've been missing you, Brian. That kind of in depth expertise, not knowing who which. Yeah. Which yeah. stadium they're going to play in? I'm, frankly, frankly, I'm surprised that the show even has gone on while I've not been right on here. Well, I don't know. When you're not around, frankly, it's better. <laughs> Colin and uh, Colin and I already gave our predictions on this week's show, so I guess with that, we'll uh, sit and wait and and count the minutes until college football begins on Saturday, 11 a.m. Central Time. Awesome. Awesome. So if, if you're interested in more exciting Brian Goers, head to mizodcast.com and hear his exciting blog entries where he'll predict not who will win, but what stadium the game will be played in. <laughs> and you know what? I had a 50-50 chance of being right. I like those odds. <laughs> All right, fellas. Thanks for joining. Till Saturday. Right. We'll see you then. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go Tigers. Go Tigers.